From WAB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Kayla McCleskey. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, Athens longtime police chief hands in his badge and looks forward to his next chapter. Couldn't ask for better officers. They're hard to find today. Good police officers with a good, clean background. And we talk with a local group putting on its own spin of a modern classic musical. I think a lot of people assume that just because there is medicine for AIDS and HIV that it is totally cured and not a problem anymore, but I think the most important thing about setting it not in a particular time period is showing how this disease still affects marginalized people. These stories and more right here on The Outlet. Athens former police chief is in the next chapter of his life. Outlet reporter Reese Thompson speaks to Tom Pyle as he reflects on his career after turning in his badge. Tom Pyle's career in law enforcement spans decades. He says being Athens chief of police carried the most weight of all the positions he's held. I was an officer for five years, then a lieutenant shift supervisor for 10 years, then captain for seven years. Captain is the executive officer position, it's like the, the number two person, you know. And, uh, and then chief, and so I think all the positions prior to chief, you, there's some, some level of anonymity, like, you know, I'm just a, a spoke in the wheel, so to speak, but as chief, once you see your name on the top of that letterhead, and you know that everything that happens in the, in the police department happens under your name, so to speak, it's, it's, it, it, it does, it changes you. Pyle says he knew he wanted to work for the Athens Police Department at a young age. He recalls how his work as a shoe salesman helped make a connection with Athens Human Resources Director at the time and get his foot in the door. He said, well, are you still available then? You're still interested? I said, yeah, and he said, I'll be right back. He left, 15 minutes later, he walked in with an appointment letter. This was a Friday, I sold him a pair of shoes. My appointment was to start Monday, the following Monday. So I turned around, I got that letter, opened it up, looked at it, had a big smile on my face. I turned around and told my boss, I said, oh, I'm putting in my notice. <laughs> Pyle says serving the community has been fulfilling, but felt it was time to step away. He's found something in his first few days of retirement he hasn't had in quite some time. Not being responsible for people would probably be, be the first thing. I, I'm kind of liking that so far. It's only been a few days, but to get up in the morning and not, 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 not have to be anywhere at any specific time. And, and uh, I slept till eight o'clock today. I never slept past 5.30 when I worked, you know. 5.30 would be a late day, a late morning for me. Pyle's son Jake says they're looking forward to spending even more time with him. We're gonna play golf this weekend with my other brother, so it's gonna be great to spend, spend a lot more time with him now that he's retired. The city of Athens celebrated Pyle at a retirement party before his last day. Family, friends, and former co-workers like retired Athens Lieutenant Jerry Lee Elgin says he leaves an impact on law enforcement in the community. You couldn't ask for better officers. They're hard to find today. Good police officers with a good, clean background. A local organization is tasked with keeping the manufacturing industry viable in Appalachian, Ohio. Outlet reporter Connor Woodger travels with them to Virginia to find possible solutions. And here's the model. Need today, file tomorrow, printed in two days. 
the Institute for Advanced Learning and Research in Danville, Virginia, houses one of the most advanced learning facilities in the region. Walk the halls and you'll see 3D printers, advanced welding facilities, and virtual training stations. The school's extensive technology and outreach programs provide skilled workers to the region's manufacturing industry. Todd Yates, the executive vice president of manufacturing advancement at the Danville Institute, says their work is a testament to consistency. You know, we're an overnight cessation 20 years in the making. The Ohio Appalachian Manufacturing Coalition, or OAMC, loaded up a bus with leaders in higher education from our region to go check it out, hoping to learn what might work here. George Bilikonski, program manager for the OAMC, says it's important educators come together on a plan to keep manufacturing viable in the region. You have to have the same vision in order to all move forward and be successful in the region, and that's one of the things that we're missing, is that single vision. They sit through a series of presentations and lectures from the Danville Institute's faculty. One lesson involves the power of collaboration. The Institute is a partnership between several colleges and universities in Virginia, and a political subdivision of the state. Yates says its reputation has earned partnerships with outside organizations like the U.S. Navy. There is no secret. The secret is hard work and partnerships. Another lesson addresses a lack of student interest in manufacturing. According to surveys by the OAMC, few students in K-12 schools show interest in manufacturing as a career. Julie Brown, Vice President of Advanced Learning at the Institute, says they took on that challenge by developing a recruitment program. It reaches out to students as early as sixth grade to dispel stigma. We're fighting a legacy um, where grandparents, maybe even parents, have been in an environment that was very hot, it's manual labor, um, only works third shift, uh, lower pay, and that is just not the reality of the manufacturing jobs of today. The program visits schools and provides hands-on learning experiences with relevant technology. Those who went on the OAMC's trip say they recognize anything they implement back in Ohio won't have an immediate impact. But with a group investment, the future of manufacturing and the Southeast Ohio economy can be built up on a firm foundation. The OAMC's trip also included stops at other programs in Virginia and West Virginia the group hopes to learn from. Reporting for The Outlet, I'm Connor Woodruff in Danville. Ohio Valley Summer Theater's production of Rent runs until July 23rd in Baker's Theater at Cancer Hall. But this is no ordinary production of Rent. Outlet reporter Ariel Lyons takes us behind the scenes to the unique production of the modern classic right here in Athens. The familiar songs from Rent, the award-winning modern classic musical, reverberates around the Baker Theater as the Ohio Valley Summer Theater rehearses. But this isn't your ordinary production of Rent. The show originally takes place in the 1980s New York City at the height of the AIDS crisis, but this production chose to take liberties with the time period by incorporating elements of modern technology, like smartphones. Stage manager Audrey Phipps says that's because Rent is relevant in any time period, especially today. I think a lot of people assume that just because there is medicine for AIDS and HIV that it is totally cured and not a problem anymore, but I think the most important thing about setting it not in a particular time period is showing how this disease still affects marginalized people. Mm -hmm. 
Rent is about a group of friends that are all struggling artists. They deal with the realities of being HIV positive, LGBTQ issues, substance use disorders, and poverty. Actress Alina Nicole Rosado, who plays Mimi, says having a close dynamic with castmates has been important, especially when portraying such challenging subject matter. Dealing with such hard topics as like the AIDS crisis, we have to be very careful and like making sure that the actor's mental health is like really taken care of because um, very dark piece. So being able to be with people I'm comfortable with has been a really great experience. Having a supportive cast has helped with last minute casting changes. Kyle Nee neighbor stepped from behind the scenes into the role of Mark just a few days before the opening. I, I feel pretty good because like, like I said, like I love this show and so I've just cared about it for a long time. And this is a role that I've always wanted to play. And so I felt prepared mentally and it's just been cool to actually learn like the hands-on stuff. The Ohio Valley Summer Theater says no matter who is on stage, its production of Rent offers audiences in Athens a unique experience. For The Outlet, I'm Arielle Lyons in Athens. A beginning farmer in Athens County is breaking the mold of a typical farmer. Outlet reporter Morgan Anderson reports rural action sustainable agriculture manager is planting proverbial seeds for a greener future. Molly Sowash spends her 9 to 5 helping farmers in the region strengthen the local food system and increase their production with rural action. But from 5 to 9, she works the 45 acres of pasture and 180 acres of wooded land of her own Moso farm. She and her fiancé, C.J. Morgan, co-own and co-manage the property, located off State Route 23 between Athens and Albany. Together, they raise 20 head of cattle for grass-finished beef products, but they also have pigs, horses, ducks, and chickens. That's, that's well, there's two names for him, Father Christmas and Maxwell Smart. According to the United States Department of Agriculture, the average age of the American farmer is 58 years old and male. And when CJ goes with Molly to a cattle sale, sellers are quick to give him their attention. And it's funny sometimes when maybe we're in a more traditional agriculture environment, um, you know, some older guys direct questions towards me if we're buying cattle or at a sale or something. And I always have to point and say, no, no. It's, you know, she started the farm, we're co-managing it, but it's, it's not all me, you know, just because I may look more of a traditional farmer. Molly's farming origins go back to visiting her uncle and aunt's farm in Athens when she was growing up north of Columbus in Worthington. She was studying English in college when her childhood interest in farming drew her to intern on a farm in western Minnesota. There, the farmers raised grass-finished beef making her quickly realize she wanted to do the same. I was there a short time, but they made a big impression on how to use livestock to regenerate the land and actually um, leave it better than they found it. So they were, you know, rotating regularly. They were um, managing the impact, the positive impact cattle can have in order to sequester carbon and conserve water and um, see really a dramatic difference between the way they were you know, practicing perennial agriculture with animals compared to much of the other farms that were more annual extractive agriculture nearby. Her uncle and aunt gave her the property she grew up on to farm with in March of 2020. I got my first set of calves that spring and kind of learned from them and hopefully them from me as we 
figured out cattle ranching. CJ joined the farm six months after Molly started her enterprise after the two met on a dating app and fell in love. CJ proposed to Molly one summer evening last July while they were walking through the pastures. The two will be getting married this fall. I think we walk around the pasture a lot and we're just like, oh my gosh, we get to like manage this or like this is our after work workplace of sorts where we're like, you know, surrounded by the like the the passing of the seasons, like seeing like sitting on the, you know, the end of the truck and watching the sunset like there is there is a romance to it. Molly and CJ both work full time jobs on top of running the farm. Molly with Rural Action and CJ as a forester for the Wayne National Forest. Molly says they view farming as crucial work, both for the community and the environment. I think farming for me was an opportunity to think globally and act locally, to be like, I, I can't, you know, keep reading about this big threat of climate change or um, the incredible, like, devastating loss of biodiversity and, like, just sit here and read about it. I also know that our little piece of land is probably not going to solve either of those things. But like doing something and seeing these, you know, 35 acres of pasture change, even if it's just the, th the three short years that we've been farming, is, is a huge balm, I guess, to that. Moso Farm hopes to show others that farming can be a full-time career that serves the community and makes for a sustainable future. Reporting for The Outlet, I'm Morgan Anderson in Athens. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is produced each week by me, Caleb McCleskey. We're edited by Teach Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Enjoy our show? Tell a friend to give us a listen. They can subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcast, or find us online at woub.org. They can follow us on Twitter at Outlet underscore W-O-U-B and Instagram at Newswatch underscore W-O-U-B. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio.